got a story. I've got a story. We've got a story. I'm Brad McEwen, and I'm here to tell that story. This is Beyond the Bank. I really don't mind admitting that navigating the world of banking and finance can oftentimes be... There is, of course, the complex web of rules and regulations that govern the industry, the myriad products and services that are available throughout the market. And of course, there's the simple fact that every client, be it a consumer, a business, or an organization, has their own vision for the future and their own particular way of handling their business. Put simply, there's a lot going on and even more ways of getting those things done. Of course, while navigating all of those interrelated and interconnected factors can be tricky for those of us who dwell in this world every day, it can be even more daunting for the average client who quite frankly and rightly has their focus trained on things like running a business, taking care of family, paying the bills, and preparing for their future. Fortunately, it's when engaging with those very complexities and successfully navigating them for the benefit of the client that we find the true happiness and contentment in our jobs. That's certainly been the case for me in my career, and I see it daily with my colleagues as well. That's why I was delighted recently to sit down with my friend and coworker, trust officer and portfolio manager, Chase Harvard, who has led AB&T Trust and Investments for the last several years for an engaging conversation about growing up in Southwest Georgia, falling in love with banking and finance, and the real joy and satisfaction of helping people plan for their financial futures while navigating the many twists and turns of life. Please welcome today's guest, Chase Harvard. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Chase. It's good to have you on. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. So, dude, you and I have worked together for about five years now. And during that time, I've had the opportunity to watch you interact with numerous clients and coworkers and get a little bit of an idea of how you operate. But there's still a little bit for me to learn. So what I'd like to do today is get a feel for who you are, what led you into banking, specifically trust services, and then maybe talk a little bit about your approach to what you do, your professional mission, as it were. Since you're somewhat neighbors with my mother, I know that you live here in Albany, you and your family, uh, but I don't know if Albany's home. Where, where are you from originally, my man? Yeah, born and raised in Thomasville, Georgia. Um, grew up there and graduated, went to Auburn University, did four years there, met my wife, and um, really just grew up, you know, kind of all-American dream, sports, hunting, fishing, just the the usual South Georgia guy. I got you. I got What'd you folks do for a living? Yeah. So my mom, actually, she works for TB Financial now. Growing up, she stayed at home. Okay. And then dad, growing up, he owned a, a business for 30 years, sold it. Now he's in the self-storage units. I got you. I got you. What kind of business was that? I bet that was kind of cool to watch somebody run a business as a young person. Oh, it was the best. I said, I couldn't help too much. It was the liquor business. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You probably weren't spending too much time down there. <laughs> I could dust some bottles. That's about it. <laughs> now, uh, so you said your mom is currently with TNB, but when you were growing up, she stayed at home, took care of you. Mm-hmm. Did, was she in banking prior to you coming along or was that a late thing? No, that was a late thing. Um, that was kind of after I got out of college or maybe when I, no, right when I started college, she went and started being a teller at a bank okay. um, in, in Thomasville and then actually ended up rolling over to um, TMB Financial Services and doing admin for them. I got you. She's, she's still there, actually. All in the family. Oh. Yeah. Now, growing up in Thomasville, all-American kid, which, believe it or not, my mother-in-law is from Thomasville, so I've gotten to know the, the area a little bit better and uh, some really good people down there. 
were you thinking at all at that point in time, a young guy playing little league, hunting with dad and that kind of stuff that you'd be uh, in the financial services business? No, it, it clicked probably earlier than some people though. I, growing up, you know, I'd, I'd want to every Christmas birthday, I'd ask for, you know, just give me, give me some money. I don't know what I want. I'll just take some money. So parents, grandparents, they just give me some cash and I'd sock it away. Well, after a few years of doing that and I'd save up for something big and I'd go to buy it and I'd be like, yeah, I do not want to spend that much money. <laughs> like that's, I worked for three years to build this up. So, you know, I got it to a, you know, a respectable amount for a, you know, 14 year old and mom and dad sat me down and they talked to me about compound and interest. And I said, you should go up and talk to Philip Davis, who is from Albany, um, who works at TMB financial and, uh, you know, think about investing some of it. So I bought my, First mutual fund, 14. Wow. So, and, and from that and just watching it grow and it was, it was intriguing just to put something to work, you know, not work, not really worry about it at that age. I mean, I was, you know, oh, yeah. just keep on rolling. Anything and, was good money at 14. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> and, and so, you know, go talk to him once a year and he, he was nice enough to sit down and, and run through it and just, and break it down. So that was, that was kind of my, my intro and kind of piqued my interest and, you know, then I started, you know, instead of asking for cash, I want to get some flowers uh, stock. So they'd give me some flowers, bacon company stock. And nice. And it would, you know, it would, it would be, you know, $200 for it. It wasn't hey. a large amount, but I was like. $200 of flower stock's not a bad thing to have. Yeah, yeah. So the, young man. The, uh, the compounded interest talk really kind of piqued my interest of, you know, if you start earlier, it can be a less amount versus starting later and be a lot more. But if you look at that over a, you know, a long period of time, it's really an uh, intriguing number. Oh, yeah. Interest on your interest. I That's mean, great. You know, Let your money work for you. What, what a wild concept. <laughs> but now you're right, uh, Chase, at 14 to be having that kind of conversation, not just with your parents, but with a financial advisor is pretty unique. Uh, but was, I guess, was good financial management. I mean, is that something that was kind of big in your house? I mean, did you feel like you got a pretty good solid education as a young person about the ins and outs of running a financial life? Yeah, I mean, definitely our, our family, you know, they, they they did well, provided for us, you know, never wanted or needed for anything, but it wasn't extravagant. We lived within our means and, you know, we, you know, took it one family vacation a year and that was perfect. We didn't de- need to do any more. So stick to the budget, stick to the budget. Yeah. And I mean, we, we still do it today. Every every January, you know, after Christmas pounds you we're like all right we got to get let's look at the budget again we, we got to get this thing back on the track so. time to readjust yeah <laughs> now um so you, so you had an interest in in you know finance and and you know just that love of seeing how the you know interest and compounding interest works to put your money to work but you're also a young guy heading off to college did you know right away like i want to study finance i want to get involved in that professionally yeah, no, not not really, because I really enjoy um, building, constructing things. So I went to Auburn and did um, construction for for two years, loved it, and then decided I, you know, I enjoyed it a lot. But I, I switched over to business management. I was like, I got four years here, you know, out of state. I got I got to get out here in four. <laughs> that was talking about the budget. Dad said you can stay here as long as you want. I'm paying for four years, and then it's on you. So. <laughs> I was like, what can I get in four years? It's broad. You know, I, I don't really know exactly what I want to do. I like the investing thing, but, you know, 
I, I, didn't, I didn't know if I'd go that direction. So I, I called down, you know, my senior year of college to um, Stephen Cheney and Bert Hodges, who um, run Thomas National Bank. And they didn't, they had some stuff on the, the banking side and, you know, coming in, being a teller and kind of start from the, mm-hmm. the ground up and build your way up. And I didn't, I didn't love the, the, the banking side of thing just did not intrigue me as much as the investing side. So I went, I went to Atlanta. I worked there for a year with some little measly job just to pay rent. And then they, they called me and said, we have an opportunity coming up in Albany and we're taking, uh, we're joining with ABNT and we need somebody to go down there that we know and kind of help run that trust department down there. So that I said, I'm, I'm your guy. And, um, I talked to my wife, we were engaged and I said, I said, uh, we're moving to Albany. <laughs> she said, where's Albany? <laughs> She's from Auburn, Alabama. So her, uh, we, we moved here and we've been here since. Been Couldn't have been too bad a, a, of a move for her. I mean, you know, it's still, it's still the Southland. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, it's great. We, it was good for us because we're, you know, an hour from my fa- parents, two hours from her parents and kind of right in the middle. And, uh, it's been great. We've enjoyed it. That's especially good when you got a young, growing family as well. Yeah, yes. Got to right. keep the in-laws and, and mom and dad close. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Now, um, now I'm intrigued just because, you know, I think probably similarly, I had never thought about banking. I mean, it certainly wasn't something I was thinking about when I was in college. And I got into it on the you know, really as a tailor from a, I needed a job standpoint. And then I kind of learned the business and saw, you know, what all was the different avenues that you can kind of go down when you get into this type of business. Did you know what you, what trust was? Did you have an idea of that before when they called you or was it like a for real learning curve? It was a, it was a, yeah, big, big learning curve. So I, I knew the investing side of things and, 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 I worked down in Thomasville for a few months before I moved up here and, you know, stocks, bonds, equities, fixed income, that kind of stuff wasn't, you know, pretty self-explanatory and had a good handle on that. But I trust I did. I never dealt with a trust, you know? Mm-hmm. So here comes this new, you know, ball of wax. I go to, you know, multiple trust schools learning about it. And then you learn a lot there, but you learn more because each one of them is different. Each okay. family is different. Each, you know, grantor beneficiary and how you handle it and, and the, how they're written and what you can and cannot do. They're all different. So it's, you. it's been intriguing and it, uh, the trust side, it allows you to, you know, you can be trading stocks in the morning and then in the afternoon you can be going out and talking to, you know, a farmer who you're leasing, you know, row crops to that, that farm is actually a, a trust asset as well. So I'm with you. It's kind of fun for, for me to get to kind of growing up. I like to be outside, you know, I like investing as well. So I can kind of, I don't get stuck at behind the computer, you know, every day of the week. So sure, it's, sure. it's kind of nice to get out. Now, now chase for, um, you know, it's easy for you and I to talk about trust. We've been in the business a minute. Um, but for those listeners who, you know, might, that might be an alien word. Tell them a little bit about, you know, kind of what what you do that's different than, you know, your standard, you know, financial advisor, stockbroker at, you know, E-Trade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit about how that works and, and sort of the fiduciary responsibility that you take on when you work in trust. Yeah. So. And go ahead and on the, on the lowest 
possible explanation you can give to the somebody who knows nothing. So being that we work for a, a bank that has national trust powers, they we have the ability to manage money so we can manage an IRA. We can manage just a regular investment account um, or and we can have trust powers. So that the, the trust comes in to where somebody may and people write them for different for different reasons. And they go to an, uh, an attorney typically that writes them and they will some's for tax purposes. Some's just to have more control of, you know, what happens after they pass away. Okay. And some people even have them while they're still living just to help. And so they might put some money in there and they say, you know, I name Thomasville National Bank, you know, ABNT as the trustee and y'all manage the assets. So we do the investing. We take care of any real estate. And then we we go as far as paying bills for people. We have um, different rules about, you know, when you can send somebody money and when you can't. And so let's say let's say your dad made mm-hmm. created one and he funded one for, for Brad and it can pay out for, you know, for education when he's, when he's growing up. So we, you, you call us, say, Hey, tuition at, at Georgia is this much this semester. We, we send Georgia check. So it might roll on and then say, you know, if he needs any help or education support reasons, you know, we provide that and pay for that. And I'm with you. it's just be, because they are, they, there are a little gray in them. I think the benefit of, you know, us as trustee versus maybe someone else's, then we kind of can give it a little small, you know, customized, personalized uh, attention. So we we really get to know all the people involved in each account. And everybody's a little bit different, mm-hmm. and, um, and and what they need and, and what we can do for them, depending on what that that document has oh, allowed us to do. So you know, kind of a it's kind of a not a great term, but people like to think of it as their control from the grave. Sure. <laughs> so if if grandpa didn't you know, want somebody to just all of a sudden inherit a ton of money and worry they might squander it or it, it might be for X, Y, and Z purposes. He'll kind of put some, you I'm know, with you. a couple of flags on it along the way. I'm with you. I'm with you. I see it to me. That's fascinating um, from on a number of levels. But one thing that's kind of always fascinated about the, about the trust thing is just the integral role that you end up playing in somebody's life. You know, a role that's as large, if not larger, sometimes than family members. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, and I'd have to imagine it was something that you kind of had to grow into, but talk to me a little bit about how, you know, learning how to navigate some of those search circumstances and personalities. I mean, <laughs> I can imagine some of those situations could get a little delicate. So some of the family dynamics are a little uh, sensitive and, you know, e- each one is, you know, s- some of them are so smooth and it is just zero problems. And then it, it really just depends on, on the individual, but we, we get to know them. What I mean, it takes just like any relationship. It just takes time to get to know people, sure. how they respond to stuff, how to talk to them about stuff, explain things to them. So it's it's just about taking the time to, you know, stay in touch with people, calling and checking in on them. You might not even be calling to talk about business. You just, you know, how, yeah. how's things going? I know y'all got back from the beach. You know, how's the trip? Yeah. So it's just you know, and then people, you know, now we pay. I mean, we have people that come to us for all kind of just questions about you know what kind of car they should buy i'm like i'm not a car dealer i was like but i'll give you my two cents i mean so now you know they, they come to trust you and ask you about you know all kinds of stuff just because you build this relationship with them and and um 
it, it it's fun. So yeah, I, I do get some questions that are I imagine you <laughs> outside my realm, but I would imagine too, though, you know, I mean, cause I see it, you know, a microcosm of it sometimes in the banking world. Um, but I got to think too, I mean, some of the folks that you would deal with, you know, generational wealth that may have never managed their own financial lives. Yeah. Kind of, I bet a lot of them are pretty appreciative of what you do. And has that ever been shocking to you about, you know, well, to think, hey, I'm, I'm really, if it wasn't for me doing this, yeah. I don't know what this person would be doing. <laughs> well, it is, it, it kind of speaks a lot of, of kind of society today and, and how undereducated people are on personal finance. And, and I, I think that there should be a lot more of that. I think at the school level, at the mm-hmm. high school level, they should Amen. be teaching a, a lot more. I mean, because people just a simple budget, a zero sum budget is such a foreign concept. And they, you know, hopefully they go to school, hopefully they get a good job. And But then even then, I mean, if you're spending more than you make, oh it, yeah, it doesn't work. So I've banked a lot of professional <laughs> people who, who had to attain high level degrees to do their job. Mm-hmm. And they cannot balance a checkbook. Yeah. So it it, it is kind of. You know, especially being young, I was like, oh, y'all should know how to do this. I'm, I'm the young guy. Y'all, I shouldn't be telling you how to do this. Um, but but it's, it's, it is kind of fun to kind of help people see the, the benefit of it. You sit them down. And you can be a husband and wife. Say, all right, let's, let's talk about, you know, the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then the next, you know, 15, 20 years. And, and you just it, you start with a kind of a, a, a broad playbook. And you're going to tweak it along the way. I mean. We personally are our family level, you know, things change throughout sure. the year. So you just kind of adjust, but just to kind of put up some guardrails and get you going the right direction. You know, I, I, I'm a big um, fan of the in, annual budget. Sit down, you know, talk about your expenses, mm-hmm. ballpark them best you can. Yep. And just try to get an understanding, on, you know, month to month, how, how things are going to operate. I bet, um, you know, just thinking about, like you say, sitting down with a husband and wife. I bet sometimes you ask questions in that setting that the two of them haven't even talked about. And there's probably witnessed some aha moments. I, I get a couple. I've seen a lot of eye cutting, you know, just uh, <laughs> don't ask about that. What did you <laughs> don't, just don't ask about that. <laughs> you, know, you know, how much did you spend on shotgun shells last year? Oh, don't, don't, don't oh that's that. funny. That's funny. But no, it. it it does. And I, I think and sometimes it's multiple meetings when you sit and they're like, all right, we got to. We got to look at, we got to go back to the draw, you know, the playbook and see, see what we did. I said, if you have expenses and you're guessing on something, not guessing, but educational error on the high side. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of break it down from there. And, I'm with you. and we, we, we do some, you know, a, a, a decent amount of that, but the, our bread and butter is, is investments. I mean, they've been, you know, managing at a Thomas. So they've been managing money for, you know, 35 years now and, and they've done a really good job, a good track history. And it's just a, a, a good customized product and, and people really have enjoyed it. And, good. And the response since, since you've been at ab and I mean, you know, it's a newer market. It's a new thing. I mean, yeah. the way you were doing it, what's your feeling been about the reception that you've gotten from, you know, closer to, to Albany? Yeah, it's, it's been really good. Um, the, and I think beforehand, when you know it was AB and T National Bank, they mm-hmm. had the trust powers, and they did you know basically only trust. And so you know when we got here, we, we and we're still trying to get the, you know spread it around that we do trust, but we also do the 
taxable investment accounts, you know, mm-hmm. regular managed accounts. We do IRAs. So we can manage assets on, on numerous, you know. Even without levels. a trust agreement. Correct. I'm with you. Yeah, just just like you would go up to any other, you know, advisor in town and open up an account. We, we do the same thing. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. Okay. So. Now, Chase, I want to, you made the comment a second ago, um, talking about budgeting, and it was kind of shocking to you sitting down with some, <laughs> you know, adults, mm-hmm. and they don't know some of these concepts. Now, you've been in the business a little a little while now. Has your perspective on that changed a little bit? Do you have a different kind of view of how people end up in that circumstance? Or, or? You know, I just, I, I mean, I think it's just, they, they get there by just a, it's an uncomfortable conversation. So it's like, if you know, if there's not a problem, let's not try to look for it. But when it comes to finance, it might be a bigger problem than you think. But, and if the earlier you can kind of get your hands around it, the better. You don't want to wake up with that, you know, a bad letter in the mail. And sure, sure. And so I just think, and especially the younger you are, you just get to customize that. Because, I mean, you know, I've watched, you know, we got married, you know, things were pretty simple. Once you start having kids, I mean, things start, you know, stacking up and. Now we're up to the third kid, so we're, we're stacking kids up. I mean, we're we're, uh, we're we're snowballing. Just wait till you have that uh, surprise after an eight year gap. Oh no! That, and you're looking at buying another house and all that fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, something small can turn into something big if it's not on your radar and if you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it's kind of cool that uh, I mean, it's not cool. It makes sense because that's how we roll here. But that you're paying attention, that you're asking those questions ahead of time. You're getting to know the circumstance and getting to know what's going on. So I'd suspect probably the biggest thing you do is get to know people, right? Get to know them. What what are they, you know, what are they trying, what are they going to use the money for? Say it's an investment account. What are they going to use it for? Is it for, you know, something in 10 years when they want to put a down payment on a house or is it for, you know, 40 years from when it's for retirement, you know, seeing what their horizon is, their time horizon, on managing it, what their expectations are on a return, how they handle risk um, emotionally. You know, uh, the Philip has told me, you know, a lot of times that one of the biggest things we do is manage people's emotions. You know, if being in the stock market, you know, it was great. You know, when I got in, it was it was great for, you know, years. I mean, it was nothing but nothing but black. I mean, it was rolling. Mm-hmm. And uh and then you'd have a couple of those days where, you know, it's a short little blip, but people call like, is everything all right? What's going on? With it? And, you know, how, how we manage uh, accounts and, and the, the companies we hold, the individual stocks we hold, um, it, it allows us to sit down with somebody and kind of explain why we have it. And it usually kind of, they can kind of take a deep breath, calm down, because you could hurt yourself, you know, financially that one day, if it, you know, if things are down for the week, you know, 20%. I mean, if you like this year, if you, I mean, if you it's only a loss, if you sell it, it's only a loss if you sell it. So I'm like, let's just breathe. Unless you need this, like right now, like let's just, you know, long-term investing is, is, is hard to beat. Sure. So we, we try to manage people's emotions. Some people, some people put it in and they won't look at it for years. They get their statement. They don't want to know. Y'all, they don't want to know. They don't want to check. I'm it. that kind of guy. Like, yeah, I know it's there. I can figure out a way to spend it. <laughs> you know, just don't check it. <laughs> so, and then some people, I mean, they check it daily, and and it, you know, it's really cut and more um, emotional on them because there is some, there is some volatility in the market. I mean, there's no way around it, but that's the only way you get return. Sure. So well, it's kind of built be, in. Yeah. So it just kind of comes with the territory. So learning people's risk tolerance and and kind of 
where to fit them is, is a big thing. I bet, uh, oh man, I bet that's tough. I know I used to do a little, uh, some insurance annuity stuff back in the day. And everybody thinks that they have a higher risk, risk tolerance than they really do. Mm-hmm. And they think they can afford to lose more than they can. And that emotional management, that's that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Now, you know, speaking of emotions, Chase, you know, obviously when you're dealing with people's finances, in fact, if there was one thing I learned right out of the gate when I got into banking was, you know, how much emotion was tied up and how serious people were when it came down to their finances and that kind of thing. Um, but it also has a, an impact on us, you know, when we see things happen to people, good and bad. Um, and I've had a couple of conversations with you where it's pretty obvious to me that as, you know, yes, you want to see your clients have success, but you've also derive some pleasure out of the relationship itself and some of the other things you've been able to do for people. So talk to me a little bit about just how what you do impacts you and how it makes you feel. I think from the trust side is, you know, if, if it is created for us to kind of get in there, help manage the assets and there's multiple beneficiaries kind of being the, the guy it's kind of not not the, not the referee, but we're we're kind of there to make the decision so that they that family will stay intact because money can do some you know damaging things to families. So yeah, you know it, it's it's nice to play that part because you could you kind of see the grumbling happen and then you say all right well we're going you know we've heard everybody's opinion we've heard what you think we're going to make the best idea and they kind of they don't go at each other you mm-hmm. know if they got a problem they can, they can get you know mad at us if they don't like how we you'll did play something. that role if you, you have know, to. I'll I'll take that heat but. You know, I think it really does from a trust standpoint um, and, and and how those operate. You know, sometimes you got to be the bad guy sure. and say, you know, I'm sorry, this isn't, this wasn't meant for that purpose. And, you know, I, I don't think grandpa wanted that Ferrari for you. Um, <laughs> so you got to you, you got to be that bad guy every now and then. But from a, a young family standpoint, I think some of the, the young um, men and women and couples that have, we've brought on, in the last nine years here, kind of watching them grow. And, you know, we, we don't have a, a minimum for an account. We just, if somebody's going to do it like for day trading and then they're calling three months, then like, all right, I'm out. You know, that's not really kind of meant for us. That's more of your E-Trade kind of online right, stuff. Right. If it's young, you know, professional, they want to come in, open up an account and they contribute to it and they, you know, understand the long-term investing and how, you know, how it actually helps, how, th- mm-hmm. how this will help them in the long run. You know, those people have, have been fun to work with and, and their eyes, you know, kind of lighten up and they kind of realize, Oh, this is, there's some, yeah. there's some good merit behind this. So it's been fun to help some of those families out. I'll bet. I'll bet. You know, I didn't realize when I got into banking, the positive impact I really had on people, you know, and then it's easy in the day to day to get into the little frustrations we deal with and the people that aren't easy to talk to and it's easy to lose sight, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have something happen like I you know, did a little loan for this guy buying this piece of property to build his first house. You know, well, you just, you can't reproduce that level of excitement oh, that yeah. that kid had. And it's neat when that gets to spill over on you a little bit, just because mm-hmm. you took the time to listen to him, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, Chase, we've covered most of the ground that I wanted to, you know, kind of go over today. But, uh, you know, is there anything in general that you'd want to share with the listeners about, you know, you or what you do or, or AB&T trust and investments? I would say if you if you have a question, you know, call me. There's, there's nothing. I mean, 
that I haven't seen. And, and if I don't know the answer, I'll find it. You know, there's things are changing in the financial world regularly. So, you know, if I don't know it, I'll, I'll find it and I'll get back with you. But, you know, I think some people are afraid to ask, you know, maybe what they think is a, a basic question. They're like, oh, it's a little embarrassing. I don't, <laughs> I don't know this, but I don't, I don't care. I mean, you can ask me whatever I have, you know, buddies call me all the time and, you know, they bounce stuff off of me and I'm, I'm always happy to kind of walk through situations and, you realize that they haven't been investing yeah. since they were 14, so they don't have <laughs> quite the depth of knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it's just, I mean, I'm not going to go out and tell somebody how to build a bridge, but I'm with it, you. It, it's a, you know, if you don't do it every day, it's kind of hard to, you know, have a real good grasp on it. So I'm happy to answer any questions, you know, let people know that we, we're, we're a trust department. We manage assets from on, on all levels and we just love doing business here in Albany. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Chase, thank you so much for coming in and talking with me today. Uh, it's just good to get a little fill in a couple of blanks on you and then uh, give you an opportunity just to kind of share, you know, your thoughts and philosophies around what you do. So, yeah, man. Uh, hopefully I can have you on again to talk more about financial business. Yeah. Yeah. Have you back. Awesome. I'd love awesome. to. Well, uh, always have a standing invite for you, my friend. Well, that wraps up our latest episode of Beyond the Bank. Until next time, I'm Brad. I'm Brad.